Welcome to The Proper Car. I'm Drew Markey, your car ally. I'm an automotive enthusiast and industry expert. This podcast will help you make better purchases, avoid getting ripped off, and find ways to enjoy car ownership. All right, let's get started. Welcome back. Last week, I was out of commission with the head cold, and while I was sitting around trying to figure out what my next episode should be, I was also doing some debating about the future of my business. So that's what we're going to talk about today. This episode will still be informative for you, but I guess this one is a bit more of my request for your help. This is my way of sharing the realities of what I'm doing and seeking your input to help me make a decision. The value of the information I share on a regular basis is able to save my listeners thousands of dollars, even tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars over time by being educated to make smarter purchases, to know how to avoid unnecessary fees and expenses, and to buy a car you'll keep for a long time and that'll help you save money. It all adds up. And if you're doing frequent car purchases, you're definitely feeling the pain of what some of those costs can look like. In the past, I've shared a lot about the issues you face when going to car dealerships, the ways they're going to try to get every penny of profit out of you. I've also pointed out that they deserve to make a reasonable profit. After all, they're your access point to purchasing something that you want or need. And just like every other business out there, you've got to turn a profit to be able to stay open. And I've found there are a ton of hidden costs if you want to do business as a car dealer. Those costs often get passed on to customers, but in my case, I'm less willing to do that, choosing instead to limit the number of these expenses I incur trying to be super careful about how much I add to my operating budget and doing those things to allow me to maintain some sort of a fair profit margin while making sure I don't drive up the costs for my clients like they experience when they go to so many other dealerships. My approach has been unique. If you want, you could say it's kind of the idea of disrupting the industry Though, given the size and scale of my business, that's maybe a bit of a stretch. But it's still unexpected to find a dealer who skips the profit-adding fees and is careful about pricing to make sure the buyer of the vehicle is paying a fair amount. Even when it comes to the services I offer, I've presented flexible pricing structures to make sure my clients are comfortable with the amount they're paying for what is essentially a premium, private, experienced, professional consulting service. All of that brings us to the topic of the day. Should I quit? I want to be super transparent about everything to do with this business, this industry. And part of that is being transparent about the cost to do business. The limitations I deal with when I can't justify adding one more bill to the pile each month, then what that all means, I can and cannot continue to offer my clients. When I talk about quitting, though, 
I'm talking about my dealer license. There are two pretty distinct components of my business. There's the dealer side of things where I'm licensed and able to sell cars to the general public. And there's the service side where I offer the personal consulting or coaching services, photography for auctions and ad listings, detailing to prep cars for sale, and so on. Each of these two sides of the business take time, but only one of them costs me a bunch of money up front. I want to share some of that information with you today, both to help you understand what you're essentially paying for when you buy cars from other dealers and to explain this conundrum I'm facing. I've always assumed that what I'm doing, my attempts at helping car buyers get fair deals, is most helpful when I'm able to be a one-stop shop. My brokerage service is the main way I try to help people with this. That allows me to limit my inventory and the costs that come with having a large inventory, but to still be able to find and source a car for someone so they're not having to rely on other dealers and getting stuck paying those added fees. I'm approaching the one year anniversary of the proper car and having to make decisions about the future. So let's talk about what that looks like for me. It's probably no surprise to find out that starting and operating a small business can be quite expensive. The companies and organizations you rely on have unique costs attributed to the products or services that they offer. So whether it's a business to business or business to consumer setup, whether it's brick and mortar or all online service or product base in the food industry or retail sales, each of us small business owners or entrepreneurs takes on some upfront costs to get things started. Some businesses require massive amounts of capital and spending before they're ever able to make their first sale. Restaurants are a commonly used example here. Building out a kitchen, dining room, setting up your online presence and getting your uniforms, hiring staff, ordering the food that you're going to be cooking and serving, all of those different things uh, are necessary for a restaurant to start and it leaves them with a massive bill due to be paid off before they've ever been able to make a dollar. In a lot of ways, kind of reminds me of student loans. You take on this big expense up front for the opportunity to hopefully thrive in the long run, or at least that's the way it's sold to you. I found uh, in my research and then also especially so in practice that there are a ton of ongoing and startup operating costs in the business that I am doing. So let's shift to kind of my specific scenario here and give you a little bit of an insight of what some of those things look like to have a dealer license in the state of North Carolina, which is very similar to lots of other states around the country. The minimum requirements include some obvious things, uh, a retail location, insurance, a surety bond, ongoing education that's required to be able to stay certified as a dealer, 
but the cost of these items really start to add up quickly, some of them being very expensive, such as the insurance or the location, others being a little less so, but when you start adding a whole bunch of things, it goes up pretty quickly. Even doing it on the tiny scale that I have attempted to do, those costs can be pretty large. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars every year that will go into these expenses, meaning in an industry like this, you have to sell a decent number of cars just to be able to cover those costs, just the base operating expenses. But that's really only what allows you to open your doors and do business. To buy cars at wholesale pricing, wholesale options, you have to maintain uh, special dealer access, which comes at a fee. And when you use it, every car you buy will have added purchase fees, which generally will be in the hundreds of dollars up to maybe around $1,000. Also, the prices of cars through these sources is still very inflated, meaning the starting price is already much higher than it really should be. Shipping, if needed, isn't cheap, and then you're going to have to get the car serviced, inspected, and there's a very good chance that you're going to find some issues that need to be resolved. All of these things adding to the cost of each car you buy on a case-by-case basis. Detailing the car takes time, takes special tools and supplies, and if the car needs to be listed for sale on any of the various marketplace options, there are even more fees to consider here as well. Want to list on any of the big name sites? Well, as a private party seller, as I mentioned in my last podcast episode, you can just pay for a listing. You have the option to do that. But as a dealer, you're stuck signing up for a very expensive monthly fee with whichever service it is that you choose to use, or many of them if you want to be seen in as many places as possible. And those fees give you different amounts of you know the number of listings or the spotlight that will be placed on them, the visibility they'll get, but it's quite expensive. Oh, and on top of all that, you really need to verify that the car you're selling has a good history. And there's a couple of companies out there that offer these vehicle history search uh, products, and they are also incredibly expensive. Realistically, what I've learned is that the dealer model has been designed only to make sense if you're running a mid-sized to large lot. Of course, that also drives up some of the other expenses that will be needed because you'll be paying fees to finance your inventory at a much larger amount because you'll have more cars. You'll be paying employees since you certainly can't handle all of that by yourself anymore. Your real estate cost is going to be extremely high. Uh, Usually you need a decent amount of visibility. It's typically only going to be allowed in high traffic areas. And as a result, the cost of that real estate is pretty expensive. You're going to have all these other costs that add up, but hopefully because of the size and scale of your business, you're going to be increasing your sales more than enough to be able to justify it. But if you try to stay small, as I have, 
choosing not to keep a lot full of cars, opting to keep expenses low so that you can keep your margins fair, you still find yourself up against a large number of recurring expenses just to stay open. I've thought about this a lot. I could be more like other dealers and start adding fees to my sales to offset my costs, which is generally where those concepts kind of start with the way a dealer approaches if or when or how they are going to add a fee. Unfortunately, in so many cases, they often get increased until the point where they really just become profit centers. Or I could pass along more of the costs by increasing the sale price of the cars I sell. Or I could be less picky about repairs and the efforts I put into detailing to try to create better margins. But these decisions compromise my morals, my whole concept for this business, making it so you, the car buyer, will only have a different version of the same thing you experience elsewhere with the added costs that will be tacked on to the vehicle. Some have told me to do this, that it's not unfair or unjust, even if it means someone pays slightly more buying from me than at a larger dealer. This makes sense, especially when you realize that I'm not adding thousands in fees and products after the fact. But the problem with it is people don't see those amounts when they're shopping for a car. You don't bother looking at the car that's priced one to $2,000 over the rest of the market when there are options to pay less, even if the end result is gonna cost you less money because you don't see those costs. And that's all you have to work with when you're a consumer shopping for a car. So this is my conundrum. To be the one-stop shop, I have to maintain the high costs of doing business. But to offer customers a better experience and fair pricing, I'm stuck with a meager margin that may not even keep me in the positive when all the monthly costs are added up before I've ever even considered taking a paycheck from all of this work myself. As you can probably tell, I'm seriously debating quitting as a dealer. I mean, it is the title of the episode, and everything I've shared paints that picture too. So let's talk about what my business would look like if I ditched the dealer license and only offered services. No matter what, I have to keep some sort of insurance, a website, and there will be some other operating expenses, even if I'm not having to adhere to the strict regulations put in place for dealers. But these costs are tiny, trivial by comparison. We're talking hundreds of dollars a year rather than tens of thousands. I see this as a great option for that reason, but I also fear that it may shut off much of the access I have to clients. I've helped quite a few people who were better off buying elsewhere or needed to because they were buying a new car or they were well outside of my area. But in almost every one of those situations, the conversation started with the assumption that I may be able to sell them a car. So despite having this podcast and social media channels and the opportunity for growth through speaking events or other options, it's always seemed like 
the number of people willing to pay for the service I provide as an experienced and educated guide for their upcoming car purchase is pretty low. It shouldn't take more than a couple of episodes of content that I've shared to learn why it can be useful, to see just how much money you'll save even after paying for my services. But the reality is that it's such a new concept for many people that it's going to continue to take time to grow this side of the business. The other services I provide help with that, but are often pretty limiting as well. I don't have a professional detailing shop or even a detailing van or anything like that, which would be nice, but brings its own added costs. So that portion of my model has always been somewhat under wraps. Photography is an easier service to sell because it's something people are used to seeing marketed out there, but I've also found it's not something that a lot of people find as much value in as may be necessary for the way I would need it to be to continue doing it as a primary part of my business. And of course, there's the possibility of doing more paid speaking engagements, which is certainly something that excites me since it allows me to bring the types of information I share in this context on the podcast to more people. I also love the opportunity to share this knowledge in a more personal face-to-face manner. So this could be a great way to continue expanding the podcast and the proper car as a business though it, too, will take time to develop. As you can tell, I've had a lot on my mind lately, and there's still a lot to consider. I'm currently working with a few clients on brokerage searches. I have a car that's available for sale right now through my consignment program, and I know there's more of that to come over time if I keep the dealer license active. But the cost to do so has been more painful than expected so far, leaving me in this spot. Thank you for listening to what is a very personal topic and one that is honestly pretty hard for me to talk about. I've always had a very entrepreneurial mind with tons of ideas that seem like they'd be good businesses and with an interest in helping people, especially in the areas where I have a pretty significant knowledge. I did a bunch of planning before I ever decided to try doing this as a full-time business. And even with that planning, with some rounding up for unknown expenses, I've been a little disappointed about the results so far. One thing I've learned over the years is that my ADHD makes itself known in situations like this, which is something I'm trying to be very careful about. The instinct of someone with ADHD when facing these types of challenges is to move on to something else. Whatever new idea or option is drawing our attention at that moment and seems to be the better choice. But I'm fighting that hard. I know that it takes some grit and resilience to succeed as a small business owner, that the first year or two or more can be hard, but that it can pay off in the long run. But I'm also reluctant to continue working on something any longer than necessary 
if the end result may not be as good as I expected originally. Essentially cutting my losses early before they get too large to minimize how much it may hurt in the end. And if you've made it to this point in the podcast, one that has been very different from anything else that I've shared in the past, again, I want to say thank you. And this is also where I want to ask for your feedback. I ask often for your thoughts on subjects, but this time is different. If you made it here, you're someone I truly want to hear from. Just as I've shared my knowledge over the past 60 episodes, I'm hoping to hear your insights and perspective today. It would mean the world to me to see a bunch of DMs and emails come through with your opinion on my next steps. I've talked in the past about how reluctant I was to get my dealer license, not at all for these reasons I'm talking about today, but really just for the perception that comes with it. There is a very reasonable stigma tied to the fact that car dealers are just out to get you, uh, looking to just profit, looking to take advantage of people. And I've said before, the only reason that I chose to do this is because I am different. I really am different and want to approach it differently. I want to help people in a way that no one else seems as willing to do. I want to do it so that people who have had bad experiences elsewhere or who know that they're going to have a bad experience when they go to go buy a car, have someone that they feel like they can reach out to and trust and know that there's going to be a very different experience. The consulting and, and advising is certainly an area that I can continue to do that as I've been talking about. But as I said, I think that really being the one-stop shop, even though that's really only a service I can offer to so many people and uh, you know, a localized audience, essentially, is the area where I can be the most helpful in that regard. So it's been a very tricky year for me while I've been trying to feel this out, figure out how I can make it profitable enough and how I can help as many people as possible, all while maintaining, you know, my my morals, my my efforts for how I want to go about this and make it just profitable enough that I am happy with the results as well. It's been quite a year. It's been uh, pretty tricky, pretty thought provoking at times. Um, and as I said, there's a lot to debate. I don't want to walk away from it, uh, especially if there's enough of a response that this is something that needs to stick around and that, that I should do things like adjust profit structure and, and whatnot to be able to make it work. But I don't know. And that's where I need to hear from you. As I've shared today, one of the main ways that I'm still able to keep this business afloat is through providing consulting and guidance in a private one-on-one -on -one manner to clients who are considering a car purchase. So aside from all of the dealer stuff that I was talking about, if you have an upcoming car search and you'd like help trying to 
figure out the right car and how to approach the buying process to make sure that you get something you're going to love for years to come and something that will save you a ton of money in the end. I hope you'll reach out. You can reach me at podcast at thepropercar.com. And you can support me or pay for services I provide by visiting thepropercar.com slash thank you. Given the topic shared today, I'm going to take a moment to listen to your feedback and to continue doing some thinking about next steps for my business over the next week or two. So this is a chance that I pause the podcast briefly while doing so. Or if I've received some great feedback, I may return next week with a follow-up episode. There will be more to come here soon either way. So keep an eye out on social media or look out for the next episode to drop in your podcast feed soon. My goal is to help as many people as possible with car buying and ownership to be your car ally. Thanks for listening. And until next time, Enjoy the drive.